I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. All right, Adam. So there's been this long-held debate that size matters. And apparently it's still a thing in the National Football League. And the bigger, the better for some. And for some, it's just like, who cares? So, of course, I'm talking about quarterback hand sizes and Joe Burrow, who measured in at a paltry, tiny nine inches. Small. And... It's just, it's fascinating to me because then I want to go back and look at the quarterbacks who have huge hands, tiny hands. So I'm going to go through the number one quarterbacks who were picked number one since 2001, and I'll list their hand sizes. So I'll start in 2001 with Michael Vick, who had the smallest. His hand size was 8.5 inches. And I think that's actually rounding up because it was like eight and a quarter. Okay. Yeah. So eight and a quarter rounded up to eight and a half. All right. That's fine. And then, so we go to David Carr at 9.75. Woo. Carson Palmer, 9.5. Okay. Eli Manning, nine and three quarters. Uh-huh. Alex Smith, nine and three eighths. 
Jamarcus Russell, 9.63. Huge. Matt Stafford, 10. Oh, my gosh. Record setter. Sam, Bra- Sam Bradford, 9.5. Not a record setter. Cam Newton, 9.88. Oh, close to that 10 mark. All right. Andrew Luck, 10. Well, he's retired. Who cares? Jameis Winston, 9 and 3 eighths. Okay. Jared Goff, 9. Tiny. Baker Mayfield, 9.25. That doesn't seem to fit. He's such a midget. Kyler Murray, 9.5. Okay. Joe Burrow, 9. Well, he's no longer the number one pick, right? Let's okay. Full disclosure. Let's let's go ahead and put it out there. You and I, before we started recording, both busted out the tape measure and measured our hand size, and I measured in at nine inches. How big am I? Didn't you say nine inches? Yes. So nine inches. So nine inches. So nine inches. Now and nine seems to be like about right. That's, I mean, you know, I, I always so, just to, to get this out of the way too. typically a hand size is measured from your longest fingertip to the crease of your palm for the National Football League. What they do at the combine is they do from your thumb to your pinky. So you can do the hang die like the hang 10 sign. Sure, yeah. Which will hang lose you an inch. Yeah. Or you can do it like an actual, like you're holding the football and just spread your hand apart. And that's how we both got nine inches. I, I, I mean, so I, I guess the, the thing that sort of sticks out to me, and, and you went over some other names as well. Before yeah, we started let me do recording. that real quick. So, yeah, why don't you throw some more names out there? Brett Favre, 10.38 inches. Hall of Famer. Which is, I mean... That's uh, when you consider Brett Favre's size, that's huge. He's got big hands for his size. Drew Brees, 10.25. That's that's gigantic cuz he's Russell he's Wilson. Russell Wilson 10 10.25. Massive hands. Peyton Manning had 10.13. He was also a 6 foot 5, 215 pounds quarterback. Imagine if they measured his neck. <laughs> Do they have something that would be long enough for that? Dak Prescott, 10.88. It's pretty big. That is huge. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 10.75. Okay. All right. That's that hard hand. Cody Kessler, 10.88. Those are gigantic hands. Mark Sanchez, 10.5. Oh, a lot of that. God, a good that did him in the how, butt. How did he not make it to the, to the Hall of Fame? I'm confused. Steve McNair, 10.5. Okay. Heath Schuler, 10.63. Uh-huh. I'm skipping the biggest because I mean I'll, I'll save that. Tim 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 Tebow, 10.13. Best bounce pass in the history of the NFL. Nick Foles, 10.63. That's big. Car- Carson Wentz, 10. Okay. And the legend of Gardner Minshew, 10.13. He's got big hands. A wonderful mustache. And then the biggest. The biggest that I have seen yet for an NFL quarterback, Jim Drunken Miller, 11.25 inches. Have they sized up his gold jacket yet? Have they measured him for it? And just to get this out of the way, Patrick Mahomes, 9.25. So consider that. Jim Drunken Miller, his hand is like 
two inches bigger than Patrick Mahomes. It, it it's huge, right? That's a it's a big number. But so the Drew Lock is nine inches, by the way. Okay, and see, so right, right there with us, right there with us. He's just a normal guy. This, I, I think the 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 thing that stands out to me here is as you read through the list. I, I'm sure hand size matters in in some way, but mostly what I get from that is no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change how good you are at throwing a football, and it doesn't change whether or not you can hold a football. I mean, I can hold a football. I've held footballs many times. The issue, I think, that that most... You've, had, coaches, you've held many balls many times. I suppose... Different many, kinds of balls. Hello. Didn't know we were going that direction. So, all right. That's what she said. I uh, <laughs> I, I guess my, my, my point here is I don't think it really matters. I, I, I think that... It's a measurable, and when we talk about things like the combine, one of the things we had Trevor uh, Sikama on on the last show, and he sort of went over what the the combine was all about, and I thought it was a really interesting conversation because he talked about ticking boxes and going through the motions and those kinds of things, and and this to me is one of those eye roll incidents, right? This this is one of those things that, about the combine where you go, it's just a you know, it's a meat market track meet, and teams that are looking at quarterbacks are going to measure hand size and they're going to make an issue out of it. And then at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And what they're worried about is a guy being able to control the football and not get it knocked out of his hand. Well, to me, that's more about where you hold the football, not how you hold the football or how big your hands are. It's more about, are you running around with the the football flailing around out there like an idiot, or are you holding it in close to your body? And is is having an 11 and a quarter inch hand going to make it easier to hold a football if somebody tries to hit it out of your hand? I suppose, but lest we forget that the people who are generally trying to knock the football out of a quarterback's hand are giants, giant people. So it, it almost just doesn't matter. And, and that's really where I come down on this is that it doesn't matter. Go, go be a nine incher there, Joe Burrow. Good for you. Good for us, right? Tony Romo had a hand size of eight and seven eighths. He he did. That must have been why he dropped the ball against the Seahawks <laughs> in that playoff game. Yeah, and didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's it. Because his hands weren't big enough. Small hands. As I said to you before, it's just like anything else with numbers. You're going to be able to cherry pick what helps your argument. So if you see Hall of Fame quarterbacks with huge hands. You'll pick out the ones with huge hands like Brett Favre, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, I think, to an extent. But then you also get what is usually the case with numbers. You get the full picture of it doesn't really matter. It's just one thing that you take into an into account. And as I told you before we started recording, I think it's more important to measure grip strength right. and hand size. What is your grip strength? Because that determines how you'll be able to play in inclement weather, whether it's cold and the balls are cold. Your grip, I mean, it's going to be harder to grip balls when it's cold. That's just the truth. They have a tendency then, to turtle. And then in humidity. So they're kind of slippery they and cold. Cold and slippery, yeah. That that's, that's makes it difficult. Good, you want good grip strength. Not, you know, if and, it's and hot, then it's then it's really gonna get yeah. 
there's so many variables, so many variables when it comes to holding balls. We could almost call them variables if you want. So yeah, I, that's I why grip strength is probably more important than hand size. It doesn't matter how many you can hold; it depends on your grip when you do have it. You know, I I, I am going to point out one thing that you you omitted from our from your list, and I don't know if you did it on purpose or maybe I just didn't hear it. But there were a couple quarterbacks that you didn't mention. You didn't mention Joe Flacco's hand size. And, and well, I bet I, he has elite hand I, size. I was going to say, I'll bet it's an elite hand size. You didn't mention John Elway, if I'm not mistaken. What what is what is the great Duke's uh, hand size? That's that's my question. As we sit here, I want to know what is John Elway's hand size. I'll bet it's big. I'll bet John Elway's got big hands. Let's see if I can find it. All right. So so my my guess is I'm gonna I'm gonna put a number out there. Um, Jim Drunken Mueller is the biggest you saw at 11 and a quarter. I don't think he's that big. I'm going to go with 10 and a half inches for John Elway. John Elway's hand size has got to be 10 and a half inches. I vamped long enough. You should have been able to find it. I can't. Come on, man. The Googles. I'm to it. All right, here we go. Drum roll? No? Okay, I won't do a drum roll. We're just going to wait. He's got to be bigger than he, maybe he's not bigger than Brett Favre. I mean, he beat Brett Favre in the Super Bowl, so his hands have to be bigger than Brett Favre's. So John Elway, and this is on Broncos Reddit, said that his hand size is ten and one eighth inches. Ooh, I was close, ten and a half. Okay, all right. Well, okay, and I I don't suppose that's the reason he is a Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback, but it 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 I'm sure helped. Fine. The thing that I don't understand is if hand size is so important to how good of a quarterback you are, why don't they measure foot size for kickers and punters? Because question. to me, that's more important. Yeah. Big big feet give you a big opportunity. Now, I will say, I'm, I, I have big feet. I wear a size 14 shoe. Uh, I need a wider shoe. I've got sort of big, wide feet. I got a little plantar fasciitis going on as well, so I need a nice arch support. But uh, I can't kick a football. I mean, I can. I think I could punt a football okay, but I could like I couldn't kick a football. So maybe you need smaller feet for precision kicking, like field goals, and bigger feet for just blasting a football, like punting and kickoffs. Maybe maybe that's right. As I joked, maybe that's why Rich Carlos had to wear no shoes and kicked barefoot because he couldn't find shoes to fit his feet. Just massive Rich Carlos feet, perhaps. Yeah, no, so now he's kicking barefoot. It's a, it's an interesting question. I wonder if you should you should trademark that or patent it, the idea that big feet are good for kickers. And so now they're going to start measuring foot size at the combine on the, on the kickers. Do kickers go to the combine? No, I was gonna say they're not even there. So what does it matter? It, it it doesn't matter. My wife had a great point. She said the one position where hand size does matter is for receivers and tight ends. Yeah, or even running backs. I would say running backs as well. But even then, it's about how you hold the football. And bigger hands are going to help with that. But it's the whole high and tight thing. But yeah, big hands on a wide receiver and a tight end making catches, that kind of thing. Totally agree with that. That makes the most sense so but on a quarterback it's it's silly it's it's absolutely ridiculous and joe burrow had a great tweet he said well it looks like i'm gonna have to think about retirement since i have small hands yeah uh, and and he did get a reply from uh patrick mahomes about how uh he he thinks he'll be okay because their hand size is similar or the same and so 
whatever. Good for Patrick Mahomes that he chimed in. Nobody cares. Um, he puts ketchup on steak. Who puts ketchup on steak? Kids do. Little kids do. He's a little kid, which is fine. I, I, I just, oh, we live in a, we live in strange times here. That's just all there is to that. All right. So now that we've discussed the, <laughs> the hand size debacle of the combine, we should probably get into some Broncos news. We should talk a little bit about what's going on. Uh, and the one that I, I keep seeing it, like I keep getting updates on my phone about it and, and you mention it and it's just driving me nuts. And it's the one that keeps telling me that the Broncos are going to use the franchise tag on Justin Simmons. And, and I, I have seen this reported maybe eight or nine times over the course of the last three weeks. And every it's time least, I, actually, it's further than that, it say, it's probably further- to the end of the season news conference where John Elway said, we will franchise tag Justin Simmons. So it's, it's not – stop sending it to me uh, to my phone as breaking news, NFL and ESPN and Broncos. and It gets every single media outlet sends me a message at least once a day reminding me, hey, don't forget, the Broncos are going to use the franchise tag on Justin Simmons. No duh. Just no duh. In, in fairness, there are numerous, numerous national reporters who continue to say – wow, Justin Simmons had a great 2019 season. He's going to enter 2020 free agency. Like, there are numerous national reporters who have said that. Field Yates with ESPN is the most recent to do it. No, he's going to be franchise tagged. He will never enter free agency. So maybe you need to pass on those news alerts to the people who are actually reporting on this stuff who don't get these alerts. You know what I, I, I find really fascinating about it is, is how little common sense there is being used when having this discussion. When you look at the Denver Broncos roster, and I, and I understand uh, part of it is you want to you know reach out to fans of those teams and obviously on those NFL.coms and ESPNs and whatnot, I, whenever I do the, you know I put my name in there and I sign up and whatnot, so who are your favorite teams? Obviously I pick the Broncos. So they cater to the fans, right? They they want to give news to the fans that they think will cause them to click, right? Come come look at our stuff. This is not one of those. This is one where every single human being in Broncos country already knows this. And every single NFL person, period, should know this. And so it's not news. And that I think that's the thing that's driving me nuts about the reports that we keep seeing is that it's an it's an obvious news story and maybe it's time filler. Maybe it's just to get me to click on your article. I don't really know, but this this has been obvious since before the season ended. Everybody knew that Justin Simmons was going to get the franchise tag. There was no question about that. So here we are. It's going to happen again. No duh. The other bit of news to come out of John Elway's news conference in Indianapolis from the combine on Tuesday was that they will pick up the contract options for linebacker Todd Davis and kicker Brandon McManus, and they will decline picking up the option for guard Ronald Leary, which means that Ronald Leary will not be back with the Denver Broncos, and in the process, that frees up an additional $8 million in salary cap space. So now the Broncos are a little over $60 million currently. See, and I would argue that Ronald Leary was never actually with the Denver Broncos. I mean, he had a contract and he played a couple of games, but really 
so many injuries that I think you could just say he, he just was there for a little while and now he's gone, but he wasn't really with the Denver Broncos. So he will not be missed. It was, that was, that was one of those disappointing signings too. That was one where it looked like he was going to maybe be uh, a, a key piece to that offensive line puzzle that they've been trying to put together. And the injuries just, he couldn't get past them. He couldn't, he couldn't stay healthy when he was healthy. He wasn't always, a hundred percent. And it just never worked out. And and it's too bad. I feel bad that it didn't work out. I feel bad because it would have been better for the Broncos. If he'd been healthy and been successful, that would have been better for him. It would have meant uh, more success for, for him and the team and everything. And so, you know, you look at it and you go, this didn't work. Hopefully he finds success somewhere else, but it ain't going to be with the Denver Broncos. That's for sure. And before we get into it, I'm going to throw out a name that Jeff Esfri mentioned to us when we had him on after the combine and it's someone I think the Broncos are going to target on the offensive line. And that's new England Patriots guard, Joe Thumi, who is one of the best guards in football as Jeff talked about. And if you look for his story on mile high report on the free agent targets that the staff has been doing, he did Joe Thune. And the thing that stands out to me with him because you, you now need a right guard. And Joe Thune would be perfect to slip in next to Jawan James. Is that he's going from Dante Scarniccia to Mike Munchak. So you know he's already been coached up. He already knows everything because of working with Scarniccia. And then he, he's coming over to Munchak. So I think... In terms of the offensive line, that makes the most sense. So keep an eye on that name as we get closer to free agency. And we're about three weeks out as you listen to this podcast. It'll be March 18th at 2 p.m. And I just, the editor in me is cringing because I didn't do that AP style. So it's 2 p.m. Wednesday, March 18th. Yeah, I was going to say, you need to fix the way you said that because it's uh, your, your dates and times need to be in the right order or your brain will explode on you. Whereas my non-editor brain was like, wait, what was wrong with that? I don't understand why you said that two different ways. It's very confusing. So keep an eye on Joe Thune, because as Benjamin Albright has said, and I think it's been clear, the Broncos are going to buy defense in free agency and do offense in the draft. But I do think on offense, they will look at Joe Thune, hopefully, for that right guard spot. Yeah. Now that Ronald Leary is not is, coming is back. going away. I actually think this is where uh, on when, when you talk about building an offense through the draft, I don't think it comes with a building through the draft on the offensive line. When a guy like a Joe Thune comes up as a possibility. And, and I think Denver does have a chance here to spend a little money on a guy that, that can become a bit of an anchor for that offensive line. Uh, and just think about Dalton Reisner and Joe Thune at guard. Uh, you're you're looking at two solid guards that that are going to anchor that offensive line, uh, hopefully for the next three or four years. So so if they were to go after Joe Thune and throw a little cash at him, I'd be fine with that. And like you said, they're going to be up over sixty million dollars in cap space. They've they've got the space to do it. And it sounds like there's going to be a few other moves that that take place that will also free up a little more cap space as well. So I, I think you're right. I think these are uh, that's a move that that should I think should take place. They should go after him. He's got to decide to come to Denver. I mean, there's also that he's he's the other dancer in that particular tango. 
But if he does decide to come to Denver, I think that that could be a huge, huge bump up for the offense. I'd love to see that. And then the other guy that you talked about uh, was Garrett Bowles. Uh, what's going on with Garrett Bowles? So Elway said at his uh, news conference, he told reporters that they will decide on Garrett Bowles' fifth-year option. They'll hold out until after the draft. Oh, they're going to hold on to their decision, as it were. They're going to 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 sort of hold it close to themselves. They're going to grab onto that decision, and, and they won't let it go until well after uh, the draft. Is that the idea? Yes. They're going to make Garrett Bowles wait. Which means what? For, what? What does that mean for him, though? Uh, it doesn't mean much because he. Uh, I think it. It really doesn't mean much either way. I. I think we'll see how he goes into his fourth year. Um. Now that he's had a, he'll have another year with Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper. Um. I think it'll help to have a quarterback like Drew Locke, who will help make Garrett Bowles look a little bit better as quarterbacks of that nature tend to do. Just think of Peyton Manning. What's interesting is to continue this offensive line talk is after Vic Fangio's news conference and he did a media scrum, he joked that the offensive line was okay. And he talked about the recent commercials where just okay is not okay. That's basically what he said. It was okay, but it needs to get better. And I think Garrett Bowles is obviously one of those people. I think Dalton Reisner is the only person you can say had a remarkable year as a rookie. So I think that's why they'll be looking at Joe Thune as a potential right guard to plop in next to Juwan James. And expect him to perform. Yes. And knock on wood that Juwan James is healthy. But as I joked on my Broncos Blast segment on ESPN 1600 on Saturday, the fact that we just knock on wood repeatedly to have Juwan James healthy probably just injured him. You've got to be careful where you knock on wood if he's anywhere in the vicinity. You know, the other question that comes up with all this offensive line talk, which I know is super exciting, is what are the Broncos going to do at center? Because... There, there seems to be some issue there with Connor McGovern and, and whether or not they want to pay him the money that it's probably going to take to keep him in-house. And so is that something where you go and you draft a guy or you look for a cheap center on the free agent market or do you pony up the cash and bring Connor McGovern back? And that's one where I think a, a lot of people are going to ask that question. You, we just named a bunch of offensive linemen and a lot of things going on in the offensive line, but center is really the only place where we have – no idea what's going to happen. And I don't think we're going to know until free agency starts because there's been reports that the Broncos don't like Connor McGovern. There's been Lassie Barks, as Cecil Lammy with 104.3 FM has said that uh, the Broncos don't like Connor McGovern, that they're going to let him test free agency. Um, so we'll see. I, I think the only person that I can see coming back on the list of Broncos free agents who are going to to be out there is Justin Simmons and maybe Derek Wolf. But I think Shelby Harris is gone. I think Chris Harris Jr. is gone. I think Will Parks is gone. And we'll see what happens with Connor McGovern. Yeah, uh, it'll be an interesting thing to watch. And you, you mentioned Will Parks. I wonder how many people are actually paying attention to that. You say Will Parks and I go, oh yeah, Will Parks. He's probably not coming back. Uh, is that... 
is that a good move by the Broncos, or is that something where they should they should throw money at him? I know you got Kareem Jackson in house. You're hoping that Bryce Callahan is going to be healthy. Uh, there there are some free agent defensive backs. You know your your Byron Joneses of the world. Uh, perhaps a Darius Slay trade. There's there's some things out there that are possible. Is Will Parks really somebody that isn't in the Denver Broncos' future? I mean that's that does that one does sort of it sort of catches me off guard because I forget that he's been around long enough that he could walk in free agency. I think it would be nice to have him back just because of how versatile he is. And I think that's what Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel like in their defensive backs is being able to, to play multiple positions and do multiple things on the field. What will be interesting is obviously they're going to target another, a number one cornerback. And I think that's going to be Byron Jones with the Cowboys. I also think they're going to sign Prince of Mukamura. Because, I mean, it just makes too much sense since he played in Chicago and knows Vic Fangio. If that's the case, then you have Bryce Callahan, Prince of Mukamura, and Byron Jones. Is there a need for Will Parks? Because now you're getting into, you have too many pieces and not enough places to put them on the field. Because you're going to have those three cornerbacks on the field. And don't forget Devontae Bosby coming back from injury. Because before he got hurt, he was playing really well. So there is a fourth defensive back. Devontae Harris had a good run when he got the opportunity to play the Wichita kid, if you look for him on social media. So now you're getting into, you're going to have more pieces than places to put them, especially if you're able to get a guy like Byron Jones and Prince of Mukamura to pair pair them with Bryce Callahan, who Vic Fangio said today at his news conference that Callahan is better at this point than he was a year ago. So I think that's a positive development. He should be. (laughs) So I, as much as I would like to see Will Parks back just because of how versatile he is, I don't know if it's realistic given the targets that they have at cornerback. And I, I do think Byron Jones is going to be their number one target uh, in terms of defensive backs. And then I think they're going to, to really go after defensive line and a, a defensive tackle that is going to become available as Marcel Darius with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he and Von Miller have said that they want to play together. That's been something that's been out there before. So keep an eye on Marcel Darius. If, if my dream of the Jones and Jones connection doesn't work out and Chris Jones doesn't hit free agency, I think Darius could be a potential option. That'd be great. A lot of stuff happening. I, I love this time of year is kind of fun. Like I'm not, I'm not huge on uh, knowing everything, but it's awesome to listen to listen to what's happening and all those potential moves and changes and whatnot. Hopefully, they all have huge hand sizes. Got to make sure your hands are big enough if you want to play in this NFL. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.